is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee on Day 44 of the 60-day legislative session where the House belittles transgender rights and condemns democratic socialism. I'm speaking against the concepts of democratic socialism as they've been espoused uh, by persons such as Bernie Sanders. They even had a bill allowing prayer at high school championship games. Yeah, it was one of those days in the funhouse. The governor suspends Johnson & Johnson COVID shots after the feds call for a pause to investigate a handful of cases where people develop blood clots. But Ron DeSantis still has faith in J&J. But I don't think people should be, should be freaking out because if you look at it, I think they've done between 7 and 10 million J&J shots in the United States so far. You found these six, but it's still a very small number. And you also have to balance that against how many people are alive today because they had the J&J vaccine. Nearly half a million Floridians have already received a vaccination made by Johnson & Johnson, including the governor. Now that the breach at the Piney Point Phosphate Pond in Manatee County has been sealed, the governor says it's time to end this threat to the environment for good. Department of Environmental Protection Secretary Noah Valenstein has been ordered to close it down and clean it up and to take legal action against HRK Holdings, the hedge fund that owns Piney Point. To hold HRK fully accountable, to end this story once and for all, and to make sure that this is the last chapter in the story of Piney Point. The mayor of Key West is in Tallahassee today to ask the governor for protection from mega cruise ships. Renowned fishing guide William Benson says most ships are fine, but the big ones do serious damage. The propeller wash chews up everything on the bottom and leaves a huge you know, trail of silt and basically destroyed habitat behind it. We'll also have your calendar of political events and the story of a Florida woman accused of threatening to kill the vice president because she's not black. But first, a message from the sponsors. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast from Florida Politics, and we're much obliged. This public health crisis has shown our one-size-fits-all education system does not meet the needs of every child. Senate Bill 48 rethinks education and provides needed flexibility for students and families, giving students the tools and resources they need to unleash their potential. You can make a difference and improve our education system by visiting fledreform.com to tell your lawmaker to support SB48. Paid for by Americans Prosperity, Florida. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Wednesday, April 14th. This is National Gardening Day, National Ex-Spouse Day. And if you think that's funny, we should also point out this is International Moment of Laughter Day. It's a day to let your inner child come out and laugh all your worries away. On this date in 1865, Abraham Lincoln was shot in the head by John Wilkes Booth at Ford's Theater in Washington. He died the next day. In 1912, the Titanic sank after hitting an iceberg. And on this date in 1980, the first Cubans of the Mariel Boatlift sailed to Florida. With an in a span of a few months, more than 125,000 Cubans made the journey across the Florida Straits. The government turned the Okaloosa County Fairgrounds in Fort Walton Beach into a massive refugee camp where they waited to be processed. Most of the Marielitos ended up in Miami-Dade. Florida's Department of Health announced more than 9,000 new cases of COVID Tuesday, the highest one-day total in more than two months. The state also reported 64 additional fatalities. The death toll has reached 34,784. Now, the latest report from the White House says over the past week, Florida had the 10th highest rate of new cases in the country. Florida was also 10th in the rate of hospital admissions for COVID-19. Florida has stopped using the Johnson & Johnson vaccine after the Centers for Disease Control and the Food and Drug Administration recommended a pause so they can investigate half a dozen cases where the drug may have resulted in blood clots. Governor Ron DeSantis, who received one of those shots from J&J, says they will suspend use of the vaccine as a precaution. But he says there's plenty of shots to go around and no need to freak out. 
We have not seen any significant uh, effects with J&J here in Florida. I got J&J. I think my arm was sore for 45 minutes, and then that was that. Uh, and so I think the track record thus far in Florida has been good. At the same time, uh, because CDC is doing that, um, you know, we're respecting that decision. We're going to follow that recommendation and monitor what they're doing for the time being. Uh, but I think that what they're doing is out of an abundance of caution. I don't think people should be worried who've already had it, uh, who haven't had any effects. I think I think it's likely uh, going to be very effective for you. Um, but given that they're doing it, you know, we feel that that's the appropriate thing to do. But, you know, you look at this and it's a serious, obviously you want to know everything. It's an emergency use. There's a lot of medications that people take every day that have risk of blood clotting and some other stuff. And the physician will tell the patient, the patient can make an informed decision. This is under emergency use. And so, yes, there have been trials. It's been approved for emergency use, but it isn't like it's something that's been used for 10 years. So I think the caution is much more stringent on something like this than something that may be have much higher risk but has been something that's kind of known so that's kind of what's going on here so but i don't think people should be should be freaking out because if you look at it i think they've done between seven and ten million j and j shots in the united states so far you found these six there's obviously probably some more because you haven't identified any but it's still a very small number uh and you also have to balance that against how many people are alive today because they had the J&J &J vaccine? I mean, there's no question that it saved lives already. Uh, and so same with the Pfizer and the Moderna. So that's really, really significant. So I think hopefully they'll do this quickly, get the information, and then hopefully we can move forward. But my hope would be that this is something that uh, is a little bit of a speed bump and that you would be able uh, to get back. But we're going to wait and see uh, what ends up happening. More than 473,000 Floridians have already received a J&J &J vaccination. The governor travels to Piney Point to say enough is enough. He wants the old phosphate mine closed down for good and the land restored. A breach at the massive containment pond forced evacuation of hundreds of homes and resulted in millions of gallons of wastewater being dumped into Port Manatee. And it's not the first time they've had problems at Piney Point that they've sprung a leak. The governor says it's time to end this ecological threat for good. We want this to be the last chapter of the Piney Point story. So today I'm directing the Department of Environmental Protection to create a plan to close Piney Point. I've requested that DEP's team of engineers and scientists who were obviously played an important role in this response effort uh, develop plans for the permanent closure of this site, including identifying necessary resources to do so. This will ensure the state is moving forward with a thoughtful scientific plan toward closure uh, to avoid uh, another chapter in this long history. The first step towards permanent closure is to ensure that we're ready to take the next step toward any necessary restoration and mitigation as quickly as possible. So today I'm redirecting $15.4 million from existing appropriations at DEP to be used for innovative technologies to pre-treat water at the site for nutrients so that in the event that further controlled discharges are needed, any potential adverse environmental impacts such as algal blooms and fish kills are mitigated. Innovative technology companies are currently on site and ramping up production to ensure any water that could be required to leave the site is treated to reduce nutrients. 
Rigorous water quality monitoring will continue so the state can assess any potential ecological impacts from this event. This data will be used by DEP as they move forward with enforcement to hold HRK accountable. And I'm further directing DEP to fully investigate the incidents here at Piney Point and to take any and all legal actions to ensure we hold HRK and any other actors fully accountable. Piney Point is owned by HRK Holdings, and the hedge fund declared bankruptcy in 2011, saying they could not afford to pay millions of dollars to clean up a previous leak at the site. But Department of Environmental Protection Secretary Noah Valenstein says their lawyers will do everything possible to make HRK pay for the damage. Our team of scientists and engineers have focused first on working side by side with the county and the Division of Emergency Management to ensure public health and safety. Next, our work was to minimize any impacts to the environment and carefully measure those impacts. And so we've had a team of scientists on the water every day since this began to make sure that we had baseline samples and we're collecting information to ensure that we see any impacts from this. But we also have a team of attorneys back at Tallahassee that are making sure they take advantage of all the information we're collecting to then put together a case to hold HRK fully accountable, to end this story once and for all, and to make sure that this is the last chapter in the story of Piney Point. Closing Piney Point will cost somewhere between $100 to $200 million. Legislative leaders say they will come up with the money to make it happen. While the rest of us are worried about COVID, the Florida House of Representatives is taking aim at the real threat to America, democratic socialism. Representative Tom Fabricio of Hialeah is the sponsor of House Resolution 145. House Resolution 145 is a resolution denouncing democratic socialism in favor of the true American values of ind individual liberties, private property, and constitutional democracy. In many nations that have relied upon democratic socialism to improve the lives of their citizens, the result has been economic and social chaos, an extraordinarily low standard of living, and for the vast majority, and the absence of individual liberty for all. I'm speaking against the concepts of democratic socialism as they've been espoused uh, by persons such as Bernie Sanders and how they've been tried to be brought to this country. And I'm speaking on behalf of the economic system that we've had in this country and in this state for many years that have brought us to where we are today economically. The resolution cites democratic socialism, but Fabricio spent most of his time talking about socialism. Representative Joe Geller of Aventura told him they're not the same. I think the issue here is that you're equating democratic socialism with just socialism. I understand the objection to socialism, but there's a modifier there for a reason. That's just the grammar of it. Social democracy is not socialism. And democratic socialism is not socialism. If it was, it wouldn't have the modifier. There is a difference between socialism and democratic socialism. The word is part of the structure. So let's not be facile members. If this is just, you know, some kind of theatrical stunt, okay, go ahead and pass it over us. But that's what it is. Let's talk about actual issues Let's not use labels and let's not demonize. And Tampa Representative Fentrice Driscoll cannot understand why lawmakers are spending all this time on resolutions that have no real substance instead of tackling real problems like COVID maybe. 34,120, that's the number of Floridians who have passed away as of today because of COVID-19. There are many important issues that we can take up in this body as a legislature, but members, this is not one of them. You heard in questioning, there's no rationale for this in terms of a constitutional basis. 
I'm very concerned that this resolution tramples on Floridians' First Amendment rights. No, we may not agree with what our constituents decide to do in terms of how they decide to assemble, but guess what? The First Amendment guarantees them the right to free assembly. It guarantees them the right to free speech. We have no business trafficking in that, trying to restrain them from that speech and association as a legislative body. Furthermore, we're here to represent all Floridians, not just some. We have to check campaigning at the doorstep when we come into this body and on this floor and do serious work. To me, this is not the work of governance. This is not the work of governance. This is the work of sending a message. I didn't leave my house for, for 60 days, my family for 60 days, and my job for 60 days to come up here and deal with resolutions like this. I came to do real work, vote down on this resolution so we can get back to the real and serious work of this body. But the quote of the day came from Representative Omari Hardy of Palm Beach County, who says there is a dark side to the American concept of property rights. As a man whose ancestors were sold on an auction block, I hope you can forgive my skepticism at the value and importance of unfettered capitalism. The resolution passed the House 79 to 36. It doesn't actually do anything, but you will hear about it during the next campaign. A bill banning transgender students from the women's teams in high school and colleges teed up for final passage today in the Florida House of Representatives. The Fairness in Women's Sports Act is sponsored by Representative Kaylee Tuck of Lake Placid. The Fairness in Women's Sports Act is designed to protect the integrity of competitive sports and to ensure that women and girls do not become sideline spectators in their own sports. The act supports women and girls by ensuring they have the same opportunities as men and boys to showcase their skill, strength, and other athletic abilities. In doing so, the act requires public school athletic teams at the K-12 and collegiate levels to be designated based on biological sex. While the act allows for co-ed teams, it specifically reserves female teams for biological women and girls. Uh, Representative Tuck, does the uh, Fairness in Women's Sports Act discriminate against uh, transgender student athletes? No, it does not. Um, the act specifically requires biological males and biological females to have separate teams based on Title IX's provisions, and it does not even mention the transgender language. So it's, it's specifically designed to recognize the biological differences between men and women, and and recognize those strengths so that women can participate in sports on an even playing field. How do you respond to the critique that this bill continues to stigmatize transgender youth in our state who are already experiencing rejection, bullying, and discrimination? We are not trying to stop anybody from playing sports. We're simply asking that they play based on their biological gender so they can preserve women's sports and protect women's safety. Democrats filed more than a dozen amendments to try to alter the bill, but they were rejected, and it's up for final passage this afternoon in the House. The mayor of Key West is in Tallahassee today, hoping to get a pledge from the governor to veto any bill that would force them to accept giant cruise ships after the voters of Key West said no three separate times. Captain Will Benson is a fishing guide in the Keys. He says they voted to ban the big ships because they're destroying the coral reef. Our group and, and our position and my position is I'm not anti-cruising. You know, we think the future is in these smaller ships. We welcome them to Key West. We want them to come to Key West. We just don't want the big ships that come with the environmental and the health safety problems. You know, Key West started out years ago bringing in smaller ships, and as the ships got bigger and bigger, you know, they started bringing those into Key West and more and more of them. And along with that comes, you know, severe disturbances to the bay bottom. The, the propeller wash chews up everything on the bottom and leaves a huge, you know, trail of silt and basically destroyed habitat behind it. And when you're out there in the morning and you're tarpon fishing and you're looking at schools of fish that are happy and, and doing their thing, and then a big cruise ship comes through, you watch the tarpon flee in terror, uh, and you see the bleeding trail of seafloor behind it. 
and with more and more ships, bigger and bigger ships all the time, you know, we're watching the destruction of our uh, of our fishery. We're watching the coral reef die. The seagrass is on the north side. It's just, you know, it's a man-made water quality disaster that needs to be stopped. Captain Benson will join Key West Mayor Terry Johnson and a dozen other Keys residents outside the governor's mansion at 1 this afternoon to ask for DeSantis' help stopping what they call the mega cruise ship preemption legislation. We'll have the rest of your calendar and the Daily Florida Man story right after this. In Florida, if you fall behind on court debt payments, the state takes away your driver's license. But if you can't drive, you can't work. So how can you make enough money to pay the debt? This policy makes no sense. Let's end debt-based license suspensions and help Florida get back to work. Welcome back to your Sunrise Calendar. At 9, the Senate Finance and Tax Committee will consider a proposed constitutional amendment that provides a property tax break for homeowners who make improvements to protect their properties from flooding. The Senate Rules Committee meets at 9 to take up a controversial bill, adding a series of restrictions to voting by mail. The State Reemployment Assistance Appeals Commission meets at 9.30. At 11, Senator Ray Rodriguez will host a media call to release new polling data on Florida voter opinions on freedom of speech, on social media platforms, censorship, and the power of big tech companies. Equality Florida will host a press conference at 11 at the Capitol to oppose that bill banning transgender athletes from the girls' team. They call it cruel. The Ocoee Election Day Riots Historical Review and Dedication Committee holds an online meeting at 1. They'll talk about renaming a state park to recognize victims of the white mob that went on a rampage back in 1920 when blacks tried to vote. The House is scheduled to hold a floor session beginning at 2, and the Senate will hold a floor session at 3, where they will consider numerous issues, including a fiercely debated bill that creates a whole host of new crimes and enhanced penalties for protesting. It's the governor's response to the Black Lives Matter demonstrations that erupted last summer after George Floyd was killed by a cop in Minneapolis. And finally today, the feds say a Florida woman sent videos to her spouse in prison in which she threatened to assassinate Vice President Kamala Harris. According to the federal court complaint, Nivian Petit Phelps of Miami Gardens sent the videos and a photo of her posing at a gun range holding a pistol while standing next to a bullet-riddled target. Phelps then applied to the state for a concealed weapons permit, and the Secret Service knocked on her door less than two weeks later. She told them she was upset about Harris becoming vice president because she didn't believe she was actually black and didn't like the way she held her purse during the inauguration. She also told agents she was over it, had no intention of traveling to D.C., but her daughter heard this and suddenly said, didn't you say we were going? Yeah, those Florida kids say the darndest things. That's it for today's installment of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics.